1: I want to talk to him. One of the great arts of conversation. Sounds charming. The only thing that sounds better is the radio.
0: Well, I tune right in at midnight, attended to the radio waves.
1: I hold my thoughts till they were just right. Always listen to the Bradley J. I I was open to views with ears on the news. As they talked, I was focused so much. I called on the phone in my car in my home. Came out in control and in touch. The middle, the sound and the thoughts that surround. When they said speak up, I didn't walk.
0: Ooh,
1: Jay Talk. Jay, Jay, Jay WBZ.
2: You are Jay talking. We are live, midnight to five. It's David Allen Lambert, who's a genealogist. He's actually the chief genealog- genealogist for American Ancestors by the New England Historic Genealogical Society. That is a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you for being here, sir.
3: Honored to be back, my friend.
2: Now, we're going to be kind of straightforward here and talk about standard genealogy, not DNA testing, mm-hmm. at least at first. First... I guess I like the what, even though it always seems obvious, it's
3: not necessarily obvious. What is genealogy? The study of one's family history, essentially uh, taking the stories that grandma told you and taking up the old family Bible or records that you have and being curious enough, curious enough to go back and dig more into it. What
2: is your sense of why people want to know?
3: Well, for me, I was seven and I didn't know three of my four grandparents because they already were dead. So I wanted to know who the pictures on the wall, who they were. And I started asking questions. And then my grandmother pulled out a tin type photograph and I said, Nana, who's this? And to me, an 80 year old woman to have a parent. Wow. That was mind blowing. And so she told me he was at a whaler out of New Bedford and I just started asking questions, and it continued, and I'm still doing 40 years later. Your
2: grandfather was a whaler an- out of Great-grandfather. Great-grandfather. And what, what year would that be? Uh,
3: 1871 to 74 in the Bark Courser.
2: So that's how old you have to—it's a great-grandfather of a guy your age, which is yeah. probably my age. Yeah. Don't say any numbers there. <laughs> uh, it gets you back to 1871.
3: Yeah. My mother was born in 1930. My grandmother was born in 98. 90- Six and uh, my great grandfather was 48 when she was born. He was born 18. So he was born
2: 1871.
3: Uh 48. 18, actually, okay. So he yep. was active. Active 1871 yeah, to 74. 71. Okay. Yep.
2: So, great great grandfathers could have also could also have been cowboys. Oh sure, Wild my, Wild West. Yeah, uh, my great Lucas McCain was somebody's great great grandfather.
3: Mm-hmm. My great great grandfather, my dad's side, was born in 1799, and uh, my wife, who is only eight months younger than me. Her great-greats were born in the 1850s. So it depends on wow. how long your generations are.
2: And how, how does that vary? What, what does that depend on? How long people wait to have children?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, my mom and dad had me at 39 and 43. And when I was a kid in the 70s, I'd say, was your dad in Vietnam? I said, no. And they said, what, well, is he a draft daughter? I said, no, my dad was not World War II. Right. And, you know, And then I said, my grandmother's uncle was... A drummer boy in the civil war and he said that's not possible i said well i'll bring my grandmother and for show and tell she'll tell you all so about it is it. possible because yeah. they
2: waited a long time to have children sure so
3: if you if you have
2: kids when you're 50 that gets you 35 years between generations kind of yeah if you had kids at uh sorry if yeah i had i mean double you have know, double
3: generations so if you're 50 you t- say if you normally have them at 25 you know, you have two generations there. I mean, if in the case of my dad, I mean, I have siblings that were teenagers when I was born. You know. Okay. So, and wow.
2: So your great great grandfather was actually a, a, on a whaling ship.
3: Actually, just my single great grandfather. He was on a whaling ship. Uh, my great 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 was born two hundred years before I was. He was a paper hanger uh, and cabinet maker in Boston in the seventeen nineties. Uh,
2: Do you like your genealogical story?
3: I, uh, you know, I. I'm more curious about who the commonplace ancestor is and how they fit into history. And as a kid, knowing my genealogy allowed me to do good in social studies because I could see where I could fit into American oh, world yeah. history.
2: So just for the heck of it,
3: yeah. who else, you've gone back
2: and uh, you have other folks in your genealogy that you sure. mentioned. Flesh that out for me.
3: Well, I mean, I, my grandfather's from England, so some of my stuff I can go back to the late 1500s, early 1600s. My, um, My mother's... Mother's an old Yankee. They've been here since 1629 when they came into Salem, the Ingersoll family. Uh, but my dad's family's Atlantic Canadian, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and they vary. Some came from Ireland as late as the 1820s and 30s. Some of them came over from England. Some even from a place called Montbelliard, uh, which is a Place in near Switzerland, uh, sort of a French speaking uh, province that they came over after the expulsion of the Acadians in Nova Scotia. So we hear a
2: lot about famous people getting their genealogy done, but it would be interesting for
3: anybody, right? It really is. Uh, I actually had the honor to do some celebrity genealogy. I did Tom and Eno's genealogy firm, uh, Mike and Kitty Dukakis.
2: Is that a public record as soon as you do it, or is it private?
3: Uh, I mean, if they give us a copy for the library, our library, you know, is a private library, but people could come in and look at the genealogy. And I did, think did for the Menino?
2: most, yeah, they, they generally don't care. Tell me about uh, his thing. His, Tom, his, his people were from
3: Avellino, uh, his uh, Menino and Sachetti family. And I was able to bring it back to the 1820s. I mean, the records start to peter out a little bit in Italy. Uh, Michael Dukakis, he's Turkish and Greek. Kitty Dukakis is Irish and Jewish. So it was a great American mixing pot. I uh, did Angela Lansbury's English side of her family tree. Uh, David McCullough's ancestry farm. Did father, you? Yeah. You know that guy? Yeah. He's great. Is he cool? He is very cool amongst the historians out there. He is the coolest of the cool. <laughs> he's a
2: good guy to hang around with.
3: Very nice, folks, guy. folks.
2: He's he's a, one of the more readable biographers. I would say. Would you say it that way? Very much so. I, David
3: McCullough. It was an who's honor. Done, to... Who's he
2: done? Everyone, Washington, <sighs> Franklin
3: adams uh he did 1776 truman you know brooklyn bridge i mean so many 1776
2: is good because it's more than one and it it shows how they interface with each other Mm -hmm. more i liked it a lot if you're looking for recommendations of stuff to read folks all right genealogy we talked a little bit about it uh how much does it cost to do it standard standard genealogical search
3: Well, it depends where your family comes from and how much stuff is online and how much is in print. I mean, I know people that have spent, you know, under $100 and, you know, just come in, do what they want to do on the computer or join our organization, American Ancestors. And incidentally, any of the listeners who want to join American Ancestors and come into our library in Boston, they can save $20 by using the coupon code WBZ. Oh, how does that. that work? You, uh, you
2: sign up for what?
3: You sign up for a regular membership, and uh, for that, you just can put in uh, the code on the coupon code WBZ. What's the
2: name of the actual group they're signing up for?
3: The AmericanAncestors dot uh, org. It's American our website. Ancestors for the New England Historic Genealogical Society. That's our brand and our uh, our website's American Ancestors. Okay, so and that gives you uh, access to what? You get access to our library on Newbury Street in Boston. Uh, we have a research facility with 28 million manuscripts, a quarter of a million books, 40,000 rolls of microfilm, a team of genealogists to help you when you go in there. So people will find doing their genealogy, with the assistance of somebody in a library helps you. So
2: you can go to the, it's on Newbury Street? Mm-hmm.
3: 101 Newbury
2: Street. And you can sign up and. Pay up and get a deal, and you can just go there without an uh, an appointment. Or you must make an appointment.
3: Just come in on Tuesday through Saturday. If you want to do a like a one on one consultation, we have them. They're very reasonably priced. And then you, but you can come up to the reference desk like you could at any library, and say, listen, I'm trying to find my grandfather O'Reilly. Or my Johnson family in New Hampshire. And we'll give you the tools and point you to the resources so you can do it yourself. Because a lot of it's still not on, all online. I mean, there's a great deal of things online. We have a billion searchable records on our website. Okay. But there are other things to find.
2: So let's say it goes beyond, you want beyond what you can do online. You want the full boat. Mm-hmm. What's that likely to cost? High end, mid end, and actually mid is not an end. I mean, High if- end, midway, and low end.
3: Depends who does it for you? I mean, so if you have a private researcher do it, you could be hundreds or under a thousand. If you have an organization uh, do it a to z, uh, every ancestor you have thousands. I mean, and some some research can go up to over a hundred thousand dollars. It depends well, on how that, much you want to include. You know.
2: So, well, for a thousand bucks, what can you get? I can get you pretty. But it depends on if if they have to search records in in. Italy or not.
3: Right, exactly. I mean, it's not like we're going to board a plane and go with you, but I find that a lot of cases um, it's going to vary on the project. But um,
2: well, You and- can certainly get back to, not certainly, but it's pretty likely for a pretty reasonable price, you can get back to whenever these people came to America because oh, they're American
3: records. Right, That's a, that's a given. It's getting across the pond, so to speak, can be challenging, and it has to do with whatever country it is. Some have limitations because of war and fire and whatever the case might be. There may have not be records starting that early. Ireland had um, the f- problem at the four courts in 1922, and all the a lot of the church records and censuses don't exist anymore.
2: Okay, next up, who tends to get it done? David. Everybody. Who, everybody. There's not everybody. a. Everybody. Not I a mean, type. N- not I am mean, not a New Englander trying to <laughs> prove how New Englandy they are. <laughs>
3: No, not so much. I mean, it's from, you know, kids that have a middle school project for biology and they have to fill in like a chart back to their great-grandparents that come in. Um, Merit badges for scouts. um, High school students that come in. College students that come in. But a lot of times it's people that are retired. They now have free time. Yeah. And their parents are gone. Their grandparents are gone. So they want to get that story. If you start as a kid, good chance, like I say, all... Three out of four of my grandparents are dead, but you might have a likelihood to talk to your grandparents or a great grandparent to get stories. Because that's better than names and dates. It adds more color stories, to your life. Correct. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, the DNA thing doesn't really give you any stories. It gives you a percent, like you may be one percent Tunisian or two percent this and two percent that doesn't tell you. Who that guy was in Tunisia or that woman, right? Whereas this method will tell you your method, the standard method Right. gives and, you the story.
3: Right, and we work arm-in-arm arm now with uh, genetic genealogists to kind of tell that story. Like, for instance, my Lamberts come over in 1792 from Ireland. There's no records, Bradley, to know where in Ireland they come yep. from. But with the Y DNA that I research, I match with two uh, Lamberts that... We haven't had a common ancestor in 500 years, so that means there's no paternity issue.
2: All right, you have to explain this to me. Yeah, no problem. Um, First, Y, Y Y-W-H-Y, the letter Y, chromosome, Y. Y -Y. (laughs) Y-Y.
3: In this case, it's the uh, Y-DNA you get from your father. It's a male, 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 and it's uh, girls don't pass it on. Uh, And the Y-DNA stays strict on your male line. Um, So I can look at mine and find matches. Um, In this case, I've only found two. Okay. And one's from Tyrone County, Ireland. Another one's from Kilkenny. Okay. Now when
2: you say matches in DNA, they they look at the entire strand and find out what? That it's 100% matched or it's mostly matched or what?
3: Well, they call them in Y-DNA markers. So these are markers. So I have 111 markers that have been tested. These two people I match with, we share a hundred out of hundred and eleven, which is pretty good, especially if you would consider them like lottery numbers. Yeah. But even that, eleven are off. That's five hundred years ago. Okay.
2: How the heck do they know the DNA of the people five hundred years ago? See, this is where you're going to help me out. Sure.
3: Um, they don't. They know the age and how mutations occur and how far back that actually things will happen. It's called the most common recent ancestor. How do they know that? It's a calculation that. The geneticists do that is a little bit beyond what I. It's do. just a calculation. It's a calculation, right?
2: So you share common a common Y chromosome, and you, but you have to go back five hundred years to find that share.
3: Right. In this case, missing mismatching out of eleven out of one hundred and eleven means that our most common recent ancestor in the Y DNA is going to be. Probably about five hundred years. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, so they know by the number of matches mm-hmm. how long it's likely you would have to go back to find a common ancestor.
3: Right. So I mean, so if they I, don't
2: really find the common ancestor.
3: No, but what it does is it gives you the geography. So if you can figure out somebody who does know their ancestry back, you can say, well, you know that they're from Kilkenny you didn't know anywhere in Ireland where they came from. In the case that I didn't, so now at least I have a starting place to look for them.
2: Let's say you go back 500 years to Kilkenny. Mm -hmm.
3: There's not any records that I'm going to find. No, but
2: you kind of get a geographic location, and and it's probably pretty narrow because people don't float around that much back then. Actually, some people did. The Romans did. Oh, sure, sure. But, okay, you can't really be sure who that person is in Kilkenny. Now, once you go back, you found the place... Can you scout around there for somebody with maybe a name or something so you can test their DNA?
3: That's exactly what I've done. I've actually created a Facebook group called the Lambert Families of Ireland. And who
2: wants to get DNA tested?
3: 27 people have already uh, ponied up to actually want to get tested. So you get
2: Lambert, Kilkenny, and you start just contacting random people in Kilkenny.
3: Exactly people oh, that are especially that have been there for a long time right exactly uh, that they've been there for a long time and I mean, been if there they've for only long moved there a generation so ago, they have a little questionnaire on your
2: on your uh, mm-hmm. yeah email, hey, have you been there a long time? do you happen to know your ancestry uh, et cetera and would you mind getting your DNA tested
3: right exactly do you it, pay
2: do you pay for that?
3: I usually try to split the cost and if it really comes down to it, I will pay for the test How much is it? Uh, it's roughly under $300 for the Y-DNA. It's not like Ancestry.com where you have your autosomal DNA, which is the one that tells you your ethnicity, which is a different type of test. So what
2: is this, just geographic?
3: This is the Y-DNA or the mitochondrial DNA. It's by a testing company in Houston, Texas, called Family Tree DNA, which is the okay. uh, only place so to So mitochondria
2: as the power plant of the cell, mm-hmm. your protein power plant. Yep. And so... They, test the mi- they dig into your cell's mitochondria to get it?
3: Exactly. Basically, uh, they take it through saliva. Um, it used so to be- they get some
2: saliva, they get a cell, mm-hmm. they dig into that little cell structure, the mitochondria, and they- poke a little needle in there, suck a little out, mm-hmm. and you can do that. Are those structures big enough so an actual needle can go in there, or is it <laughs> strange? You- like, is it a nano needle made out of... One, you know, something. They do
3: everything through a chip now. But I can tell you the technology is going, uh, they actually can extract DNA from envelopes. So if somebody wrote a letter to your great-great-grandmother 150 years ago and they licked the envelope or licked the stamp, they can get the DNA off of that Actually,
2: I now. can see that because the adhesive, well, the, if the they, adhes- were, they weren't adhesive. they were adhesive, the glue might trap the, mm-hmm. and keep the oxygen out of the, the DNA and, and there's nobody degrading.
3: touching the surface of it, so yeah. it's not going to get any other DNA. Okay, on it.
2: so sorry, I sorry, got a little oh, far okay. afield. <laughs> you started asking people to have the DNA tested because you kind of found a geographic location, and mm-hmm. and you you would also do that if people pay enough money for anyone. Correct.
3: I'd like to actually be able to map out the different counties in Ireland and see who the where they come from. Because they okay. came before Ireland, even in my family, 300 A.D. on the Y DNA. I know without so a name, have, they're in Germany.
2: So did you find uh, somebody in uh, Ireland that was a hit? Like, bingo, they also have 100 markers that they share or something? Just two. Two Just people two so far. And they're both oh, Americans. Oh, right, those are the people you told me about. Yeah,
3: they're both Americans. They're both Americans. One came over in 1880s into the Brooklyn, New York area. Uh, and the other one comes over in the 1830s in upstate New York, different counties. And um, did so, you meet them? Did you meet up with them? No, but I'm friends with them on Facebook. Did you see their picture? I did. Yeah, actually, Jim Lambert from Brooklyn, New York, looks a little like looks my like, family. Looks yeah. like you. Yeah, poor guy. Okay, we have Vito,
2: Vito in Medford. Hello,
1: Vito. Hey, how you doing, Bradley? Pretty well. Say hi to uh,
2: David Lambert.
1: How you doing? Hey, of good, the Rita. Kilkenny Lamberts, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> the, the question I have, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, germane to the topic at hand, but I, I've always wanted to know, people with the same last name, realistically, how, are they related? So, for, for example, if my last name was De Niro, is it a possibility I, I'd be related to Robert De Niro?
3: Well, in the case of surnames, usually the main part of it is usually where you're from. So, de Nero, so of Nero. So, is it in this case of a location or a person with that name?
2: You actually may be related to Emperor Nero.
3: Uh, Because of
2: Nero would be means the child of Nero. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And you're Italian. Right. So, it all makes sense.
3: And the same thing, occupations. Like if you're a butcher, a sawyer, carpenter, you know, your names, the ancient version of your name may have been that your ancestor did that. My last name Lambert in Germanic means land bright, one who came from the bright land. My mother's maiden name Lee came from a right. meadow. I mean, so it doesn't mean you're all related to the same people, but the more uncommon the surname and the less likelihood it shows up in, say, a particular country, there's a good chance that you may have all the same. The Y DNA is where you're going to find out, and if you test that, out, you'll find out if you have the same common male line.
1: All right. It's just something I've always, uh, yeah. you know, thought about. I got a buddy of mine, um, he claims he's related to uh, the fighter Ray Bumbu Mancini. Mm-hmm. His last name's Mancini, so I, I, you know, I don't know if he's telling a fib or is it a possibility? He's got no proof, but he says, "Oh, I'm related to Ray Mancini, the fighter." Could that be a possibility?
3: I mean, it's a possibility if they came. His ancestors and Mancini's came from the same part of Italy. I mean, if they just know they're Italian without that research, it's a guess. I mean, it's sort of like walking into a bar and finding somebody's last name is Lambert. Well, it's the fifty-six most common surname in the country. I, I saw it twenty years ago. So chances are we're not related, but yeah. it, you always have that possibility. That's why DNA is connecting people of the same surname when you do Y-DNA, not what Ancestry does, but this family tree DNA company out of Houston, and it's looking at your direct male, male, male line. So if, say, the fighter did his Y-DNA and your friend did his, they may not even be related by thousands upon tens of thousands of years, Uh, or they could be, you know, turn out their third cousins. You know, it depends. Wow,
1: okay. It's so fascinating, you know. It's fun stuff. Great, great topic, Bradley. Great topic. Thanks, Vito. All right, take care.
3: All right.
2: What's the I'd like to little know a little bit more about your procedure. But first, when somebody's doing it themselves, what are the pitfalls? Do I mean, you make a mistake that at some early juncture that sends you hours and hours down the wrong road?
3: Yeah, I'd like to create a hallmark card for lost ancestors. I mean, that people do research and all of a sudden find out that well, that wasn't their great 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 grandfather after all. Um, I've had it in my own research over the past forty years. It's like I thought that I had the correct wife of a colonial ancestor. Well, they're all named Sarah. I was related to the second wife. Totally tore off an entire part of my family tree. Um, that's why DNA kind of helps you do it a little bit. But there also comes to a point where DNA is—it's uh, not far enough back that can help you uh, when you're doing like. Your fourth or fifth great grandparents, with what you can do in Ancestry or MyHeritage or other companies, where Twenty Three and Me, where you can do your autosomal DNA, your paper trail. Maybe your problem might be four hundred years ago or three hundred years ago. People are connecting to the Mayflower now for the four hundredth anniversary, which we're helping celebrate. And a lot of times they get hung up in the seventeen hundreds. It's not the early part; it's connecting those middle generations. Wow! wow. Let's
2: talk to Bear, who's on the Cape. Hi, Bear. Hey, how are you? I think that if you checked your genealogy, you'd find you were related to Yogi the bear. Yogi bear. <laughs> yeah, sure. You get it? Or maybe, this, maybe the forest fire an,
3: bear. <laughs> What's going we on? Did this thing on Ancest- we did this thing on Ancestry.com, mm-hmm. all right? Yep. Now, I know my grandmother was born in uh, Castle Del Monte in Italy, mm-hmm. and my grandfather was born in Cavara. Yep. Yet, yet this um, DNA test from Ancestry came back and said we were from Puglia, and that we were, um, and I know I'm 50 percent Italian. Positive, sure. I know where my father's family's from. Yep. And this thing came back and said we're 60 percent French, and 30 uh, percent Italian, and um, I know I guess the other 10 percent or so was Greek. <laughs> how do how do they come up with such mistakes like that? You know what basically uh, happens, uh, Bear, is that DNA testing companies are all a little bit different. So you say if you had a jar of marbles, each one of those marbles is somebody who's tested their DNA and has submitted a family tree to say this is where their ancestor is from. Now, you know for certain where your ancestor comes from, but somebody early on in that stage who has a similar DNA match that you do may have not known exactly where they came from. Or maybe they immigrated out of Italy and went to France or something like that. There's always that possibility. Uh, the other thing is that you need to – how long ago did you test with Ancestry, by the way, recently or – yeah,
0: of years recently. Now. Recently.
3: Yeah. I have you had any cousins that have also tested with them? No, not yet. Not yet. It's cheap enough that you might, like, say, for instance, is uh your grandparents, if there's a another first cousin or another, like maybe grandchild of one of your grandparents' siblings, have them test and see what it comes up with. I'm not saying you get a paternity test in your family tree, but that's a little far off on some of it. And even with my own, I mean, I get a lot – I'm 31% Irish, and I get a lot of – about 7% Scandinavian. I don't have any Scandinavian, but what it's looking at in some cases is the ancient DNA, like the Scandinavian people, the Vikings, invaded England. So my grandfather's from the middle of England. He was blonde hair and blue eyes. Well, he you know wasn't a brunette in – they think that that may be where it comes in. The complexity of ancient DNA is a study in its own right. But, I mean, you know by paper trail where your ancestors come from. The DNA is just a way of kind of helping people who can't get to where they come from, like me with my Irish Lamberts.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Could it
3: be that some guy who lives in Puglia right now is from, say, and Castle Del
4: Monte and took the DNA test?
3: and that he didn't put down the confirmation of where he came from. Yeah, if you Correct. put the wrong location or you connect with a lot of records, you are going to be looking at that as well as matches. Um so again, don't give up on it because once you have the DNA test there, there are more and more people that added. There's over 10 million on Ancestry right now. So more and more people will help you get those numbers down into more sense. Heck, my own half sister ended up showing having ancestors in the salt uh where the heck was it? The salt seas She's all Irish. So where did that come in? And now a couple of years later, guess what? That's no longer on her percentages. So they're always being revisited. So hang tight a little bit.
2: Thank you very much. My pleasure. So now he could contact the people that he's narrowed down and ask them to get a DNA test. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. I wonder what it means to them to have an American... Relative. What, what, do they, is that good for them somehow?
3: Well, I mean, it's funny. Europeans, for the most part, generally don't test their DNA because, well, they know where they're from. Uh, In fact, in France, it's against the uh, law
0: in France to act. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Actually have your DNA tested, so Whoa. a lot of French will come over here or go across to England, get their DNA tested, and do it under a different email address. This is interesting.
2: Why would that be illegal. It's a government standard. I mean, why would they say that though? How would that, how would DNA testing be a problem or how would not DNA testing benefit them?
3: I think that they, the government's looking at it probably in the idea of identity uh, in regard to like your health. Uh, The 23andMe company that uh, was founded by the founder of Google, uh, his wife uh, created 23andMe and they were shut down by the FDA because they were giving, your health statistics, like percentages that you might be likely to get a cancer or you may have possibly have another disease. And they said, whoa, 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 you can't reduce, release that. And then the genealogical and the rest of the society said, wait a second, why can't we know what this is to talk to our doctors? And now it's perfectly legal for them to give the information. I think enough complaints came up that they should be able to release the information. Okay.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And France doesn't allow you to do it.
3: France tar- currently does not. I wonder if unless- that's
2: the reason. Maybe because the information will get into bad hands. Oh. They're way more into privacy in Europe. Uh, Facebook, law-wise, as well as oh, yeah. this kind of thing.
3: Yeah, the, the European Union has changed all sorts of things as far as like how you set spam and uh, re- reaching out to people on social media that you might have, even through things like Twitter. I mean, it's you you can't do certain things, or you yeah. can be imposed fines. I didn't
2: know. I don't know if you knew this, but. Coming up in I think twenty twenty one, you will need to have a visa to go to a European Union country. Did you know that? I heard that, yeah. That's kind of a bummer.
3: Yeah, just a little bit, a little bit of extra paperwork there. And money. Yeah. Just a hassle.
2: A lot of people have uh genealogies done mm-hmm. already, but they may not be aware of them. Right. And there's a trick to a finding them, they, they might have been done with your organization, you could contact you right at the Gene- Genealogical Society. Can you explain how to read them? I mean, you helped me out with one here. Sure. How to read it. And I was looking at the scratchy, weird, not very friendly version, but <laughs> you said click on other formats and yep. you click on PDF and you can read it very well. Then you showed me how to go back. You, you take someone you know, yep. like the last person you know, and then... There's a reference with a little number by mm-hmm. uh, someone else's name. You go to that number and read about that person. Then there's a little number by that person. It's like you go back and back and back.
3: How does it work? Well, it, we call it the register format, which we started in 1847. And since that, what I showed you in your family was published by us a number of years ago. Uh, you start with the immigrant and then you number him as number one. His children that you're continuing would have their own numbers. So if he had two sons that had descendants, like a James and a Joseph, he'd name them number two and number three. You go to number two and three. If they have a line they're continuing, they'll number those kids. And the number the number never repeats itself. And you can kind of follow it like chapters in a book. Cool. Yeah.
2: Now we go to Pat in Brookline. Hello, Pat.
0: Good morning. How are you? Great. Hey
2: Pat. Say hi to
0: David. Hi, David. I have a question for you, David. Sure. Your family is from the Kilkenny area, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, and you're wondering where you have the Viking connections? Well, the, the Viking... was a Viking stronghold. Well,
3: I know, and actually, there's a possibility of that, but also my grandfather's, where he comes from in the Midlands of England is heavily mm-hmm. Scandinavian Viking invaded too they were everywhere
0: actually they, were, they did oh they yeah did everywhere you know blonde hair and blue eyes my family's from the southeast of Ireland and I've got the blonde hair and blue eyes and I've got the and other relatives have the black hair and blue eyes All so. right, this is
2: good uh I have questions concerning hair color of
3: Irish people
2: there's, they're all different there's colors. associated with red but the red's not really Irish right that's uh Viking correct
3: I think that the the red hair, the dominance of it, I mean, I see it in Scottish, I see it in Viking, I see it, yeah, I mean, you can even see it in France, I mean, it's... And,
0: it, and it's dying out, that gene is dying out. Yeah, so. I heard
3: that, yeah,
2: ginger Why is, is... that? Because red hair, people, they don't procreate because no one wants to marry them. Is that it? I hope <laughs> well, it's not well, that. Well, actually, it does have to be they make fun omens. of them calling them
3: gingers.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> They're not as... Uh, desirable although it's a pretty hair color but you know anyway well but i was also wondering daniel about your your lambert wouldn't that is that french
3: no actually you have
0: norman ancestry from lambert. that area too
3: well I, I wish i could say it was so um the last name itself is anglo-saxon the original origin is a Germanic name that of course then went to france and went to england yeah, it's Lundbeck, when it came from the buck or the Breckland, the bright land. So it's a, it's more of a geographical. But yeah, the, the Lambert name um it is so common of a name. It could be Lambert. Uh, it could be, you know, English. It could be Irish. It could be Belgium. It could be anything, really. Uh, I, in hmm. fact, my Lamberts, when they came over to Nova Scotia, if you say Lambert with a Brogue, Lambert and Lampert sound about the same. For the first three years, we were spelling it L-A-M-P-E-R-T because they probably we- lampert and it's the same name in kilkenny and if you look in the same parish records one person wrote it one way one wrote another and i'm sure my ancestor didn't know how to spell his name either he just knew how to say it exactly yeah
0: it could have been in the gaelic it could have been their version of the gaelic it could have been who was taking the the uh reporting it's Oh, There's yeah. So many variables.
3: Yeah. My Kelly's come from Tipperary. They sound more Irish. So at St. Patrick's Day, people say Lambert's. That's not an Irish name. It's French or English or something like that. Yeah. We dropped the O when we came across the pond. We were O Lambert before, which is complete baloney, but or malarkey. Uh, but I, I give them that anyways. Uh, uh, no, well,
0: I'm one of many Murphys from <laughs> Ireland. So. Well, many, many ch- many. chances
3: <laughs> are we're probably cousins somewhere down the road. Kilkenny, hey, <laughs>
0: down Kilkenny way. Yes,
3: exactly. You hey, have you know.
0: ever been there? Pat, have you ever hung out in Ireland? I could live in Ireland. It's like going home. Wow. I mean, it, it's it, it's like it's funny. Growing up here, it, it's my generation, we were Irish, you know, mm-hmm. our people came from Ireland, we were Irish. You go over there, you are a yank. Mm. it's it, it, it's very um but it's a beautiful place. They're wonderful people. They, they like Americans. Yeah. Um, they will not hesitate what they, to tell you what they think is wrong with this country, which is great, but they don't hold it against you.
3: Yeah, and we lost so many people. They do g- dual citizenship uh, with your—I think it's back to your great-grandparents because they lost no, so many people. Grandmother. Yeah. Great. yeah, Yeah.
0: your grandmother, because I'm having that argument with my niece. Um, but I do have cousins, and I'm working on it, um, documenting, getting all the ducks in a row. But, oh.
3: uh well, good that's luck right. with that. Well, thank you. Getting all your ducks you, in a row is
2: duck you minting.
3: <laughs> oh, that's great.
2: It's pretty good. It is. I admit it. I have a question before we go to Cynthia. I know I care. You care. Why, why the heck do we care? So what? So what? Who cares? Why do we care? We I do think- care, but I don't know really why. Is I- it somehow
3: give, make us more valuable to ourselves? Uh,
2: self-esteem? What's the
3: deal? I think it's an innate human interest. And with genealogy, is once you get interested in it, it's kind of like a mystery novel. Somebody's torn all the pages out of the back. You just keep on wanting to research and figure out those missing chapters. I mean, it's kept me interested for over 40 years, and I'm still looking for it and hope I live another half a century to do half of what I need to do to finish it, if maybe I could finish it, you know.
2: Okay, now you're up, Cynthia in Brockton. Hi,
5: Oh, hello. Hi, Bradley. Hello, David. Hi, Cynthia, how are you? I'm well, and uh, I'm just having so much fun listening. Uh, I used to think when I was in early school that uh, I I had no ethnic background. You you know, I had Irish friends. Mm I had uh, um, French friends. Up the street, my best friends had um, uh, Swedish grandparents, and uh, I had a lot of Italian people, Mm -hmm. and here in Brockton, we had a um, Lithuanian. Oh, the Lithuanian
3: village in Brockton, yeah. Yes. You know, and- Cynthia, you can actually go in Brockton to 899 North Main Street and the North Baptist Church. I donated dozens upon boxes of books as I've been downsizing, and they actually recently named the library for me. This is a David Allen Lambert Library in Brockton at 899 North Main Street.
5: I'm thrilled. Yeah,
3: so you don't have to you know, go all the way into Boston if you can't, and you know, it's wow. someplace local for us offshore folks to go in. But I also suggest coming into our library in Boston uh, if you can. It's a we have yes. so much more, obviously.
5: Well, I'm a member. Oh, wonderful. I don't get on in often, but I want to put in a plug for the world's most fantastic hobby, which I took up uh, 15 years ago. Uh, my mother died. I um, retired from school teaching, and I took over her 1,000-box uh, um, paper page of uh, Uh, ancestors to fill in. Wow, that's great. She'd she'd done about uh, 500 of them through the 40s. She used to write to all the relatives and uh, get them to write um, uh, letters to her about who they knew uh, their ancestors were.
3: Oh, that's excellent. You know, Cynthia, one of the things that a lot of people don't get a chance to publish their genealogies at NEHGS since 1845 We have over 28 million manuscripts, and a lot of them are the notes our parents, or grandparents wrote. So do keep in mind, if you ever think that those papers are going to be in peril, that's a lot of work. Uh, If you don't have a family member that's going to pass them down to, consider the New England Historic Genealogical Society as a caretaker for those papers, because we will, it doesn't matter the ethnicity or where in the world, if you came over 10 years ago, you came over 10 generations ago, we're interested in helping you preserve that past for the future.
5: Wow. Well, I'm thrilled because um, I, I kind of, I think, came through the vanguard. I'm all English mm-hmm. except for one uh, French grandfather, and uh, you helped me with that. Oh. Uh, he, um, yes, there was a question and answer, yeah, uh, on the uh, website that you have. Okay, and. Uh, for free, you you looked up the um, name of the uh, South Burying ground, and you found um, my grandfather, yeah. three, four great grandfather, and not only um, that uh, he was he was buried there, and there was a, a record of it, and but also the undertaker, yeah. Comfort Claflin, yeah, and uh, that he died of. Uh, Live a uh, complaint.
3: Oh, sure. Okay. So and the self-burying ground in Boston. Then I know exactly the records. Right. Yeah.
5: Well, he 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 had come over from um, France through Canada and set up um, a con- confectioner in uh, Hanover Street, oh, and then also on Essex Street. So I suppose he was in with all the food and drink people. So yeah. maybe he <laughs> uh, uh, took too much drink.
3: Well, he was probably just going to be good with his comrades and, 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 yeah, and, and you, good business Yeah, but you filled practice.
5: out something that uh, I would never have known. Oh,
3: well, I'm delighted to say that I helped you. Thanks for remembering that I did.
5: <laughs> Along with this, the, the people genealogy you have to think about the um cities and town genealogy because mm-hmm. i have people who were born in the same house and they were born in one t- okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
1: oh sorry we were looking for chumba
3: casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
4: No mm-hmm. purchase necessary. Overprohibited by law. 18 plus
1: terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: Town and died in another. That is like Abington was the place where they were born, but they died in Rockland. That's true. And I, so you'd have to know exactly which town hall to go to to get the records. It's true. And a lot of
3: times if people don't have a genealogy in their family, it's good to look at the local histories of the town because they often have a genealogy chapter talking about the families because what are towns but the makeup of many, many families from many ethnicities over time. Thanks,
2: Cynthia. We're glad we were able to help. Well, I'm glad that David was able to help.
4: So we have Lisa in Conkin. Hi. Hey, guys, I just got out of work, so I haven't heard everything. But I've got some concerns when I hear about Ancestry or 23andMe. Here's my concerns, and maybe I'm crazy. I don't know that I want all my information about my health (laughs) or my ethnicity for the whole public to see. What if I have some freak show disease? What if I do something wrong in 20 years? You know, that's what I'm worried about. Does this all go in a big old national database of lisa has this lisa comes from horrible people who were horrible in their past you know
2: i have the same uh <laughs> concerns for one thing Paranoia? it's one thing if uh people did you have some freak disease and the insurance company finds out but you may not even right. want to know that you are, have a potential to get a freak disease you might want to not
3: know
4: right or I'm related to Charles Manson or something horrible. Oh, no, I'd like to find out I was
3: related to Charles Manson. I mean, those skeletons in the family closet, at least, are lots of fun. Uh, <laughs> you can make your Again, research. And I
4: might just be paranoid, but that's no. what I think about. I'd like to know if I'm going to get diseases who I relate to. But well, I promise you, you won't get diseases or... for
3: taking a DNA test. Right. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but you might realize you have susceptibility <laughs> to perhaps getting one. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go out and make your information public. Many people who test with ancestry and other companies make the results private. And you can also okay. opt out and have your in many cases, like with family tree DNA, you can have your sample destroyed after you get the results. Can't you opt out of the disease okay. part? You, if you if you have that ap- application of uh, to being able to get into your own DNA and manipulate it? Sure. But as far as apt out on the disease part, Ancestry doesn't offer that. So, so they, it's they always
2: and, find out on the disease part. They right, always tell you what that. you
3: may be likely to get? Twenty three and me does. It's part of the health statistic return that they actually
4: give you. And you, and you can you opt out and to then find it's out. A maybe, too. right? Yeah. I mean it's, always, I, it's a maybe in that.
3: Right, exactly. I mean you for instance. I logged into my twenty-three and me and I said you have new health statistics, which means you know, do I have, you know, a chance of getting lupus or something like that? I can say I don't want to know. And you don't have okay. to get that revealed to you. Do you, you say yeah, you don't want to know? Yeah, you basically say a yes or but no. You, what about you? Uh for me. Do you wanna know? Yeah, actually I do.
2: because like uh, I
3: have kids. And I mean, you know, am I what am I yeah. passing on to my kids? Yeah. You know, and so I guess it's kinda like, you know knowing your answers it's like adoptees not knowing their health history it's like if i have that one leg up of basically helping my yep. kids or grandkids down the road sure baby i mean and it,
4: there it's are a, scary results too. it's a
3: smart thing to do
4: but i don't have kids so i don't think Big i point. need to know the health but i'm yeah. a fourth generation american so mm-hmm. i've been told by my family and my people came from germany and i've been there a few times on vacation but i figure there are a lot of people in Germany that were really bad and rotten, and I don't want to find out I come from them.
3: Well, you're in luck, cause um, the Europeans but, generally don't test their DNA. That's the Americans are always right, trying to they find know where their,
4: they come from. They feel like it.
3: Pretty much. I mean, if you knew where you've lived in the same town in Massachusetts your whole life, you don't need a test to tell you that. And the same thing, they figure if they've been in the same village for, or in the same proximity of Germany, for instance, or England. For hundreds of years, what do we need to know that for? It's Americans and Canadians right. that seem to want to do it, but now the Europeans are getting the buzz for it because of TV shows like "Who Do You Think You Are," and uh, they're kind of getting people very uh, itching to know where they come from before the European country they may be in.
4: Okay, thanks, Lisa. Well, hey, neat show tonight. I always, always love you, Bradley, and thank you for all the info tonight.
2: And thank you for finally calling because you are interesting. Thanks, Lisa. I- uh, how far back can you go? I, I've asked you this before, but tell me again, because I have renewed interest.
3: On paper or DNA? DNA. Uh, Autosomal DNA, like ancestry, my heritage. Um, you can do the results back to approximately your fourth and fifth great-grandparents. So if you get 23 chromosomes, half from your parents, a quarter from your grandparents. So by the time you get back to your fourth and fifth great-grandparents, unless you haven't me, which means you have a double cousin marriage or something chances are you're not going to go back farther than say the and why is mid-1700s. that what,
2: first of all what is autosomal dna
3: autosomal dna are the 23 uh chromosomes which your mother and father passed down to you half are 11 from your mother 11 from your father and the 23rd is a sex determining chromosome uh, and so you get a quarter from your grandparents and then you know divide up for your great-grandparents and you divide it up again. So by the time you go further back, say for instance, you and I can share a fourth great-grandparent and the, we probably will show DNA that in common, but there, you go back further than that, we might show on paper or related, but we don't have any of the DNA unless you do your Y-DNA, which is your direct male father, father, father line back. And this is only something guys can test. Sorry, ladies. Or for both guys and girls you could test your mitochondrial your mother's mother's mother. The problem with that is with the Y DNA, surname's going to probably stay the same unless there's a name change. With the ladies, every generation the surname changes. So my mitochondrial goes back to 1672. I get a woman that dies, I don't know what her maiden name is, and she, she marries a John Brown of Hampton, New Hampshire. So doesn't help me too much. Huh?
2: Is genealogy ever used in law enforcement? Oh sure. How so?
3: Uh, they're using it basically for cold cases. Uh, they find some evidence that the perpetrator had left on the body or, in, or you know, or on the crime scene, and they use companies like uh, GedMatch, which is a free place to upload your DNA results from any of the companies. It's sort of like a holding area that you can upload your results. Law enforcement is taking that that sample uploading it and matching it again. So your third cousin could have been a serial killer and they'll find that you actually match uh, with that person. And then you might be called in, not as the accused uh, perpetrator, but as someone who might know information to a connection.
2: All right. Now here's something we promised to do. We should probably do it. And that is talk about, well, famous people only because we kind of all know them and their connection to the Mayflower. Seems like everybody wants to be connected to the May- to the Mayflower. I bet if if I called that right now pe- there are people who go, "Oh yeah. It's oh, kind yeah. of like Woodstock." No, it actually <laughs> it's not like Woodstock. Like everyone says they are at Woodstock, but everyone could have been at Woodstock because there were so many people. Mm-hmm. It just seems so many people say that they have relatives from the Mayflower. It would seem maybe impossible, but no, probably not impossible because the research shows that thousands and thousands and thousands of people
3: are yeah, in fact, in America, 10 million people are estimated to be descended from the passengers of the Mayflower and worldwide, they say estimates up to about 35 million around the globe.
2: Okay, so let's take a look at some people that are fairly directly, well, that well, are related to Mayflower people and who they were on the Mayflower.
3: Sure, well, like Marilyn Monroe, she's related to John and Priscilla Alden of the Mayflower, you know, probably the most famous couple of the Mayflower lineage. Uh, Orson Welles, another great person on the air. Yeah. He's also related to John Alden. That okay. makes him distant cousins to Marilyn Monroe. So, how do they find that out? Genealogy. Right. The research. Long before just, DNA. Just doing the, the footwork. Mm-hmm. Doing the hard research It go as birth record, marriage record, death records, probates, connecting you back. Through the generations, which we've been doing at Boston, NEHGS, for 174 years. So Marilyn Monroe, related to Orson Welles. Yeah, and then Clint Eastwood is a descent from William Bradford. Wow. Uh, Alec Baldwin is related to John Howland. Humphrey Bogart is also related to John Howland. Do
2: you know who these people are on the Mayflower?
3: Uh, yeah, as a little far as— bit. Yeah, but Who's yeah. John Howland? John Howland was uh, actually somebody who uh, was almost lost overboard on the Mayflower. He, there was a storm that he uh, fell off the ship and actually got onto a rope and was able to be hauled back up onto the boat during a storm. So there may not be <sighs> Boy, any... Boy, that must have put the fear in him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that whole line could have been completely... Must have changed his outlook on life. <laughs> I, I would think so. I know that I probably would definitely put a new outlook on mine. I mean, okay. there's great people in, you know, social science and history. But, I mean, the presidents like, you know, George Bush, uh, John Quincy Adams had a connection uh, as well. I mean, John Quincy Adams' line goes back to John Alden as well. So John Alden is, you know, common ancestors from Marilyn Monroe, Orson Welles, John Quincy Adams, and, you know, of course, millions of other so people. So this is an association, right? A Mayflower? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the General Society of Mayflower Descendants in there. How close do you have to be to count? Like uh, 35 million
2: people worldwide could be in that club? Yeah,
3: absolutely, if they decide to do the research and join. Uh, we have, they have thousands upon thousands of members are.
2: Are there any benefits to being uh, in that club? Do you get any benefits?
3: Uh, you get the honor of saying that your ancestors came over in sixteen. years. irritating your neighbors and bragging all the time. <laughs> exactly.
2: Okay, we have two folks here, and we're going to try to do the brief version of both so we can get you both in. We have Kathy in Pennsylvania. Right, Kathy. Hi.
4: Um, hi Bradley. Hi David. Hi Kathy. I would like to ask a question. If people are no longer here, if they're deceased, um, can you get their DNA? Did somebody say from a stamp?
3: Yeah, they're actually working now, uh, Kathy. To you can extract DNA from a sealed envelope or from a stamp. Uh, if you How about have from a pipe. Uh, the problem is if it's been. Cross contaminated by somebody else putting their lips against it, or yeah, yeah, it's it, it, that's, a, that's a problem. The other thing is sealed, so there's less cross contamination. How about a hair? Hair, if it's the bulb of the hair, you have to yank it out right at the root of the cause bulb. The, yep, the protein they part didn't of know it. Yep, yeah. yeah, it just Look, can't be a color. Are other of hair? Uh,
2: sources of unlikely sources of DNA that might be? Well,
3: I mean, uh, people have asked how legal or how hard it would be to dig up grandma. I mean, basically, the enamel on teeth uh, produces a lot of DNA. How long does that... Give me
2: me a range. I know it depends on the acidity of the soil.
3: Yeah, How long would teeth last? Well, with the enamel on it, they last a little longer than most of the other bones. Um, So thousands of years. It's going
2: to be pretty expensive to exhume someone. That and then you and need the court order,
3: and definitely don't buy a you know a John Deere backhoe or something and start doing it yourself. Yeah, uh,
2: is that disappointing, Kath?
4: Um, not really, not really. It's so interesting; it's unbelievable.
2: You're spectacularly into interesting, David Allen Lambert, chief of genealogy for American Ancestors, by the New England Historic Genealogical Society, which you can. Join. It's right on Newbury Street and there's a special deal.
3: Yep. WBZ is the coupon code. Go on to AmericanAncestors.org and join on up. I hope to see you at 101 Newbury. You save Newbury 20 Street. bucks, you say. And yeah, exactly. when
2: you get in the building, you get access to all kinds of stuff and there'll be people to help you. Mm-hmm. Totally worth it, I would think. Yep. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you. Appreciate
2: it. There you go. There's another episode of the Jay Talking Podcast. Follow me on Twitter for show updates. If you loved what you heard, like and review the show. It helps others find us. And as always, you can catch the show live. Jay Talking Live every weeknight starting Sunday, midnight to 5, on WBZ Boston's News Radio.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.